John, I named the most powerful people in sports media for 2023. And Andrew, this is your top mover and shaker? <laughs> Howdy! How do you do? And we're back. The Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. I'm Andrew Marshan, sports media columnist for the New York Post. He's John Oran, the media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. John, uh, anything new? Nah, nothing's new, man. Let's just get right to who's up, who's down, Andrew. All right, well, let's just tell them the topics first. Most powerful of 2023, Diamond Sports and Amazon, NBA TV Talks, big promotion at ESPN, and we will talk about John Orand uh, as the last topic, uh, but okay, who's up, who's down? Who's up, who's down? Andrew, I, I love having our, uh, the lady back. I love having her back uh, introducing. Why don't you lead us off? The Marshan Orand Sports Media Podcast, a lot of comings and goings. Uh, all right. <laughs> who's up? Stephen A. Smith mentioned at the top uh, for the newsletter I write every Monday uh, at New York Post Sports Plus. I did my 25 most powerful people for 2023 in sports media. And number one is Stephen A. Smith. Uh, look, you go a lot of directions when you do these lists. Uh, but the reason I go with Stephen A. is because he has just reached another level. You, know, you talk about the opinion people during the week, they kind of uh, are the center of attention of the sports world, uh, not only uh, because they're ubiquitous, especially Stephen A. who's on basically it feels like every show and has his own YouTube show and own podcast. I mean, I think the guy's talking to a mic 24 hours a day. You hear from those people all the time. But I think what really has kind of moved Stephen A. into another level is where he stands with athletes, with you know, people like when you saw the crossover between Turner and ESPN a couple of weeks ago uh, during the in-season tournament finals uh, between Shaq and Barkley and Stephen A and and where he is, uh, that puts him at the top for me for 2023. And and when we talk about the list in a little bit, remember, it's just for 2023. And when you do these lists, it's always you could always go commissioners or the presidents and chairmen's of the networks and, and, the, and the digital players. But uh, for 2023, my who's up, Stephen A. Smith, the coveted sports clicker, most powerful person in sports media for 2023. That's a topic that is coming up. Uh, my who's up, David Preschlack, the head of the bankrupt Diamond Sports Group. And Andrew, this might be a first in the 26-month history of the pod. Chris Ripley was a who's up after I interviewed him in person, of course, at Sinclair's Hunt Valley office. I don't think we've ever honored someone from a bankrupt company as a who's up. Master of the board, Chris Mason, we need to get our stats department to, to take a look at this. But I do want to give a nod to, to Preschlack, who is close to completing what I think is one of the great business Hail Marys of all time. The Wall Street Journal reported that Preschlack and Diamond were deep in negotiations to have Amazon invest in, in uh, Diamond in the company. People had written off Diamond for the better part of the year. I had written off Diamond for the better part of the year. This changes my view of Diamond's future dramatically. If Diamond can pull this off, and it's still a big if, odds are likely that it will be able to emerge from bankruptcy and operate as an RSN company again. When the Wall Street Journal publishes a story like this, 
it usually means that negotiations are nearing an end. And you and I, we've dealt with Amazon often enough to know that that last hurdle sometimes is the most difficult to climb. The biggest surprise to me over the past couple of years is that Amazon has really proved to be one of the most disciplined companies when it comes to these types of negotiations. And despite dozens of phone calls that I've had over the past couple of days, I don't have a really good read on whether this deal is likely or not. The journal story is accurate. They are in deep discussions, but nobody quite knows how it ends. And, and if it ends well, this will be one of the greatest business moves uh, that Preshlak has pulled off. All right, well, that's going to be topic two. We will get to more into that in a moment. Uh, my who's down is NFL Network play-by-players. Uh, the NFL Network, since it started doing games, has had trouble figuring out their top play-by-players, dating back to a story I had years and years ago, uh, which uh, was a, I, I liked it. It was Brian Gumble. Um, was their play-by-player uh, to to begin things. He had, did not have the experience, and he admitted he wasn't that great at it. Um, then they've gone through a lot of people through uh, the years, and they don't have the standalone Thursday games, but they do have standalone games, and that makes their announcers um, more of a focus because they use studio guys. On um, Last Saturday, Chris Rose did the first game. He was okay. I'm a, a Rose guy. I think he's a very good studio host. He was okay, but not great. Um, then Rich Eisen, I've said it before, you know, he just, uh, he's not a play-by-player. It's just, it's, it's distracting when you're watching. So NFL Network, they have to figure that out. They've had trouble um, for years and years now uh, getting it right in terms of the crews that they use on their games, because it just, it shouldn't be a story. They shouldn't be trending on X um, and that's an issue. So um, I just think they need to, either hire somebody full-time who's a play-by-player or just figure out another method because, you know, so far it's not worked out well. Can I ask you a quick question about that, Andrew? Like, what is it that they don't get right? Is it they they don't match your energy? Is it they mess up the calls? Is it, is it they don't set up their partners? What what exactly are you seeing there? Yeah, all of the above. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think the biggest thing is when you don't have the reps that, you know, that they lack when you don't do play-by-play. Like Eisen hasn't done that much play-by-play. So then you're on a standalone game. So people are, you know, there's no other games going on at the same time. Um, so people get more focused on it. And it feels as if, like, when you listen to Eisen, he's calling a game the way he thinks you're supposed to call a game instead of being instinctive, which comes from reps and reps. And he also makes it about himself a lot, which is... um you know, not great as well. So you add in all those things and it hurts the broadcast. Um, and it it's, you know, people always talk about what are the value of broadcasters? You know, you could argue that they, that they don't affect ratings. They don't do this. They don't do that. They make events feel bigger. And over time, that's helpful. Um, and the first rule of broadcasting is not to be annoying and not to get in the way, which might not sound like a nice thing to say. But if you do do the opposite and you do get in the way and it is confusing on calls, like there's been a few eyes and games where it's like, wait, did the referees you know, not get it right? And generally speaking, that's the play-by-play guy not being able to really recognize quickly, which again comes from reps. And so, you know, that's the issue with with all these guys, when you're doing it, this is at the highest level. These are NFL games. You know, this isn't a high school game. So to answer your question, it kind of is all the things you mentioned. But the biggest thing I think is just not having that feel for play-by-play and what you should be saying and what you should be identifying. Um, and, you know, some people say, oh, I like it different. Okay, maybe, but it just, it doesn't work. All right, I'm going to go my who's down. I picked Rick Cordella 
of the NBC Sports Group uh, because, according to the Arizona Republic, Andrew, Cordella's decision to put the college basketball game uh, last weekend between top-ranked Arizona and number four Purdue exclusively on Peacock, and this is a it was a quote from the headline, Andrew. It quote unquote outraged fans. The paper, uh, paper's columnist uh, Jeremy Clough wrote, "Surely it's a game worthy of a national television audience on a major network, right?" It was a good game, too. Purdue pulled off the upset. We'll never know how many people watch. But, uh, Peacock doesn't give the viewer f- uh, figures. But I picked Cordella as down because these are the types of stories in this first year of the Big Ten deal that, that NBC has where co- complaints about sports being relegated to streaming. And how do I get Peacock? He's going to have to deal with this all season. Three things. One, Amazon has proved through the NFL uh, and Thursday Night Football that it can amass a big audience. So the idea that a college basketball game is too big for streaming is something that uh, I've grown not to accept. Uh, number two is college basketball fans, welcome to the club. Every year, it seems, there's a new fan base that has to deal with their sport going to streaming. I think it was two years or three years ago, it was a, a soccer fans who were furious about having to buy all these different streaming services to, to watch their sport. You don't hear the uh, complaints from soccer fans that much anymore, um, at least not in terms of that. Then it was tennis, hockey, baseball. Now it's the Big Ten and, and Peacock. And uh, the third point I kind of want to make is I actually agree with Jeremy Clough. I hate trying to find games on, on a streaming service. I hate it. My Terps are having a rough basketball season this season. About a week or two ago, I went over to a friend's house to watch their game against Ryder should, should be a, a, a big win. It wasn't on the Big Ten Network. It was on BTN+. And Andrew, try to picture this. Two guys over 50 trying to figure out how to download the BTN Plus app to his TV. It was terrible. We never saw the game. Didn't see one second of the game because we couldn't figure out the streaming. So I hate it. Jeremy Clough hates it. But we have to deal with it. It's not going away. So you're against uh, trying to get people to pay for a new subscription service um, that, you know, some that they're trying to start up. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Look, I just want to, I want all the games on a channel that I can just turn on the TV and get. (laughs) Got it. All right. That's all. I'm a very simple person. Don't you think though, there's a business uh, opportunity here and that's what they're doing in a couple of Of years. Of course there's a business opportunity, but but a lot of times business opportunities are about uh, reaching fans and doing fans. I I understand why Peacock is doing it. Of course it makes business sense for for Peacock to do it. It's going to grow the number of subscribers uh, at at Peacock. You're into subscription services, growing the number of subscribers. Just want that on the record. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm into it. I'm, I'm okay. again. I'm into turning on. Think the you might TV be into it. I will get to game. that. We'll get to that at the end. Uh, Rick Cordell, <laughs> by the way, was. I'm a man of contradiction. I'm a man of contradiction. Let's get to might topic one, it. though. Well, that Rick Cordell, by the way, on the well, we can't get to topic one. He was 16th on my list of most powerful for 2023. All right. So Andrew Marshan and the New York Post doing a, a most influential it would be is so radically different from what I would have done at the Sports Business Journal. Number one is uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I understand why, why you put him on there. He probably would have made my list, but uh, I, I find it hard to, to believe that Stephen A. Smith is more powerful than, say, Jimmy Pitaro, 
or even well, a, here's a the thing. Okay, well, first off, all right, let's just, this, I know everyone listening gets post plus, so they probably read it. So, you know, but so I'll reiterate though, you know, what it says, um, you know, it's a 24, 25 most powerful for 2023. The list is just based on my opinion. And if you do a list, it, it, it would be the same list every year, the way you're saying it, right? It's always going to be Roger Goodell, Jimmy Pitaro. So mine's based on what happens in 2023. So yes, you have the historical legacy of what people do, but it also is specific to 2023. And Stephen A, although there wasn't anything that much different, except he really got more into his YouTube show, he just was a cut above. And I don't think when you look at these rankings, which a lot of people have texted me and said, these are the best rankings they've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> Names. I want one name. <laughs> well, because the last, because here's the thing. The one thing I said, I tell, I say at the beginning, I say at the end of these things, if you call me and complain, it's on the record. So <laughs> my last final note is I'm serious. You can complain folks, but it's on the record. I'm printing in my next newsletter. If you want to text, call or email saying you nailed it, feel free. And a couple of people did take me up on that. And they did. They said, you nailed it. They may have gotten good ratings, but they did. They said, you nailed it, which I think was sincere. I felt they were sincere. Okay. I, I'm not going to take issue with, with Stephen A. Because I, I I think that was a, 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 a pick that I can understand. You're number two pick. Oh, my God. You, you love soccer. You love soccer and you love Messi. How many subscribers did he bring to, to Apple TV Plus? Yeah, Apple doesn't say. But... Yeah, of course not. So we but don't so know. Also, listen, this isn't. A lot of people get in, they go into small groups after they read the rankings and they say like, what do you mean by that? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of like people who kind of, so this one is one of those where the small groups get together and try to dissect <laughs> it a little bit. He's represent, he's representing all these huge athletes like LeBron, the Mannings, Brady. And so that's what's going on there. But Messi, it's a unique deal. Like regardless, he is getting a cut of the subscriber fees from Apple. I mean, that is probably can't be matched, at least not in the near term, by major athletes just because how other leagues are set up. That's just a unique situation. And that's power that Messi was able to do that, come to the United States. And we could talk about MLS, but it is a major league. It is our top soccer league, and it is a top 10 league, maybe top six league in the world. Uh, and so when you look at it, for him to get a cut of the fees, that's powerful. And not doubting it's powerful. We don't know how much the cut is. He played, how many games did he play? Was it 50%? Was it less than 50%? I mean, he's joined late, so it was way less than 50% of the whole season. But then, but then he also got injured mid, mid, midway through. It's like, it, it just, Messi at number two uh, raised my eyebrow. Okay. Did I get any I, right? Yes, you did. I thought your number three pick was uh, was exactly who my number one pick would be. And it, I don't want, I wouldn't have done it for number, uh, for, for uh, 2023, but for uh, Sean McManus, uh, a, a former big get on this podcast, has been around since the late 1990s and has been a huge mover and shaker in the business. And just by by uh, mere fact that he's sort of the most senior sports media executive at, at, at a network, uh, I thought that was a that, that was a good pick. He would have been my number one this year for for certain. Yeah, that's why he got the top executive. Yeah, he's quickly followed by Jimmy Pitaro and Eric Shanks uh, as, you know, my top TV executives. Jay Marine also in the top 10 in terms of TV executives. Yeah, I thought McMahon is career-wise. I mean, he had one of the big, we talked about it when we had him on, but 98 
bringing the AFC back to CBS and then a steady hand throughout um, his run. Uh, so he, he deserved that third spot to me in the year that he announced that he's uh, going to retire. One more nit to pick uh, on your list. I don't think that you give enough love to uh, in 2023 to Luis Silberwasser, uh, who is the head of sports over at Warner Brothers Discovery Sports. Well, let's just say where he was. He was number 22. He was number 22, but he was also behind uh, McManus and Burson. Uh, I, I believe Burson. Was... So David Burson, let's just so not everyone. Thank you very much. We're, we're getting deep into the weeds. Yeah, here. exactly. This is something this is why you're no longer on the pod. Um, the, uh... <laughs> oh, too soon, man. <laughs> the, too uh, soon. David Burson, who got promoted to be uh, the successor to uh, Sean McManus, didn't get the chairman title, but it will be the top dog at CBS. So 2023. Burson gets that promotion. That's why Silberwasser already has been in the job for a while. He also was behind uh, Jimmy Pitaro and Burke Magnus. So you had two people from, from ESPN in, in there. Again, nothing against Silberwasser. They just didn't do as many big deals this year. Here's how I view uh, Silberwasser this year. He is somebody who uh, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has been through belt tightening and they've been cutting costs and uh, and and they've they've had to do layoffs down at uh, the old Turner Sports down down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. He has come through that now, and they did do a, a significant deal for uh, NASCAR, uh, where where they they, they got a, they got a piece of the the NASCAR deal. They've done significant deals with streaming, where they 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 launched a premium uh, sports service off their 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 Max tier. They are deeply involved with uh with these nba negotiations which of course they would be they, they, they're an nba partner but uh but a year ago we were wondering if turner was even going to be be at, at the state that they are right now so i think uh luis very quietly has had a, a pretty effective year and i would have had him certainly in my uh maybe top five i certainly would have had him in my top 10 so do you give espn credit for their layoffs because you're giving credit to Turner for their layoffs. ESPN I, also had layoffs. When were the Turner layoffs? I think the Turner layoffs were not part of 2023. You just brought them up. I, I, you brought no, up no, no. They, they 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 went through that period. Oh, I see so, what you're saying. So so Previous for 2023, years. I would have I I would have uh, punished uh, Pataro for the, the the ESPN layoffs. But next year he doesn't get punished for them because it's it's an. And he gets credit for. Them. <laughs> all right i'm trying to listen. They're my opinion. They're my opinion. So it's like. Um, and look, I take it very seriously because I know everyone takes them like, you know, people take these things seriously, whatever list it's on. By the way, we want to award the uh, awful announcing best sports media podcast. But shout out to Ben Koo, who has always been a supporter of this podcast. And that was very nice. We we were actually against legit competition there. I was, uh, yeah, I Dan Levitard. Who else was in there? I think uh, Rich, uh, Jimmy Traina. Uh, pa- was Pablo, Pablo, in there? Pablo Torres? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, the, so yeah, that was nice. That was very nice. Thank you. Yeah, all thank you, Ben, thing. very much. That was. Uh, that me, was do you put a? If you win an Alfie, do you put like that on your mantle? Um, all right. Two more, two more quick bashes okay. for you. <laughs> we didn't understand the Alfie. Do you put an Alfie on your mantle or not? If you get an actual, is there a trophy? Do we get something? Oh, I. By the way, if I got an Alfie, it would it would go on my mantle. Absolutely. If we only Until get my... one, though, I just just for the record, we'll get to it at the end. But if we only get one, you definitely do not get it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe AC or Chris deserve to, to have it. Okay, Apple did a deal for MLS, and nothing else. And you have Eddie Q, uh, just outside the top ten. Uh, well, Eddie hasn't done en- enough in sports to be up that high, Andrew. Yeah, I will. I would say powerful people in the business 
uh, Eddie Q definitely deserves to be in that. That know, I agree 15. with. 15. And so you're right, but Power also is not necessarily doing deals, also not doing deals. I mean, they were in on Sunday ticket, didn't do that, um, which they chose not to do, basically. Um, and yeah, that, that's a fair like critique of uh, where, you know, they've kind of been absent. And we'll talk about the NBA. I'm not so sure, you know, at the moment how involved they are with the NBA. Uh, and so... Yeah, it's fair. I mean, these are all, look, here's the thing about this, all subjective. I mean, these are subjective lists. My last thing, though, on, on the sub, uh, subjective, a former big get, Brett Yarmark is possibly number one for me, maybe number two. Here's a guy who came in, the Big 12 was dead. He came in, he not only gave new life to the Big 12, he is primarily responsible for killing a power five conference in the pac 12, just because he got in, he was active. He did the media deal and there was no media deal left for, 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 for the pac 12. Uh, you had Brett Yormark at 12. That's a, that's a pretty high ranking there. I would have had him easily in my uh, top five, I think after that. After and so this is why this newsletter that I do, right? It's yes, it's for Monday. It's information, but it's also so like people study it years and years from now and they'll read it in schools. <laughs> right. And they'll say, okay, so why did I put your mark at 12? So do you know why I put him at 12? Uh, uh, tell me. Because it's called the Big 12. So oh, that's why it's 12. Good, so there's deeper good, meaning there. Good. You know what? If he was at the Big 1, if, if I did if I, if I did Kliakov, he would have been 2. You know, the <laughs> Pac-2. So it would have been, you know, so it's, a, it's the Big 12, so he got 12. This isn't a nit to pick. It's just that I, I noticed this, and it's a question that I have. Uh, Stephen A. Smith is number one. You have other uh, a lot of other talent in there, like Colin Coward and others. No Pat McAfee. One year ago, I, I would have bet you Pat McAfee would be. I haven't checked this, uh, but I'm going to bet he was in your top five a year ago. Yeah, he wasn't. I don't think top five. I'd have to look back. Um, but he wasn't it last year. There is a thing where I don't necessarily I try to make it different from year to year. Uh, he did make some moves this year. He you know, left, obviously, the FanDuel contract. Uh, he went to ESPN. Game day, he is definitely a center of attention. He's worthy of possibly being in my top 25. But like I said, in that category, I got Stephen A at one. I mentioned Shannon Sharp, who I could be a year early on Shannon Sharp. I also have Chris Russo. They're deeper down um, at uh, 22 for Russo, 24 for Shannon Sharp. So yeah, my I know. good friend, Chris Russo. You're a good friend. Our good buddy there, John Alrad. Is so yeah, McAfee maybe could have been in there, but he didn't make the cut. Yeah, I love the list. So that's why you make these lists because it, it, it's fun fodder for discussion. They're talkers. All right. Amazon, big discussion topic on this uh, podcast. Diamond Sports, um, Wall Street Journal had a story this week. You know, I, I have reported about the Yankees. Um, who have a deal. They have 21 Yankee games on per year. The past season was on the Wednesday night predominantly. I had reported, I believe, um, years ago that they wanted to do something similar with the biggest teams, like the Cubs, the Dodgers, if they could. Um, and that's hard to do uh, to get a piece of it. What do you make of... Now, these aren't those type of teams. These are the second-tier type teams. But what do you make of Amazon uh, moving into this relationship and what it can mean long-term? All right. As, as I said in the who's up, there's a big if, if this deal goes through. Uh, so that they have been negotiating. They're deep into negotiations. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say whether it's likely or not. But, but for the purpose of this discussion, let's say that the deal goes through. If the deal goes through, 
this potentially creates the solution that uh, to the uh, regional sports network problem that has bedeviled the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. Amazon would invest into Diamond Sports. So Diamond Sports would still run the uh, the RSNs and it would use Prime Video as its streaming outlet. And so if that happens, all of a sudden, they're going to have around 20 RSNs worth of teams streaming uh, off of their Prime Video outlet. And if that happens, you better believe they're going to march straight into uh, NBC, try to get those uh, streaming rights uh, for it as well. They're going to go to all of the uh, different independents. Uh, they already have the relationship with the S Network. I'm told Randy Levine has been part of these uh, negotiations as well. Uh, they're going to go down to the Dodgers. And they're, and what we're talking about, getting that that one national local streaming uh, service, that's something that, that Amazon can provide. And if, if it works, it not only would be uh, beneficial to, to Diamond and help Diamond come out of bankruptcy, this really is a potential solution for, for you know, what, what's been a, a terrible crisis for all these leagues. It could be for sure. Um, you know, the you mentioned Randy Levine. He's the president of the Yankees, also the chairman of Yes. Uh, so um, it's pretty important to probably long term, if you have the Yankees on board um, and liking the plan, I know that there's a feeling that, you know, that they could maybe do it better than MLB could. Um, and so, you know, this does give Amazon, um, you know, if it were to go through um, and another wedge into sports. I mean, we've talked about this on the pod since we started, how important Amazon has been. They're definitely moving to be the biggest digital sports player, you know, obviously with the ESPN pluses and the Peacocks and the Paramount pluses, the incumbents who have moved into streaming. But um, in terms of the newcomers, I mean, they are far and away, you know, the favorites for the NBA. Um, and so they're far and away the most important there. Yeah. And, and also there's something going on here. That, that, that I'm not sure if it, it's enough to call it a trend yet, but last season, uh, Diamond left the, the Padres and the Padres rights reverted to MLB. Same thing with the Diamondbacks. Those rights reverted to MLB. Well, the Pirates, you know, they're, they're, uh, Warner Bros. Discovery just kind of closed up shop. They didn't go back to MLB. They did a deal with Fenway, the Fenway Sports Group. So essentially the owner of the Red Sox are controlling the Pirates rights in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, um, the Twins right now. They don't have a deal. They're not marching to to MLB to try to get get a deal. You know, they're they're still uh, holding out hope to get some sort of deal with a uh, with with Diamond. I don't know if it's holding out hope, but they're they're, they're negotiating with Diamond to to try to get a deal there. The Rockies, another one. I had thought, if you had to, uh, asked me about uh, six months ago, I had thought that when all these rights deals were up, all these teams were going to march straight to MLB and 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 let MLB hold them. There's something going on here, and I, I just haven't been able to connect those dots yet. It's going to be interesting. Right, NBA talks. Let's we, we've talked about them the last couple of weeks. Um, couple of things. Number one, Apple. I'm not saying they're out, okay, because it's a long way to go. But I don't. I've heard. I keep hearing people tell me they don't think Apple is as strong as maybe people have suspected. Um, and again, not saying they're out. They have one of the most powerful people, as we mentioned, Eddie Q uh, is running uh, Apple. So uh, big NBA. I have fan. Eddie Q as a number 11 most powerful person in sports media this year. Yeah, you're right. That would be a good call, John. So <laughs> Apple, that's interesting. I think the NBA and the incumbents are way far apart, which is kind of understandable because if they were to, um, 
make it so the NBA doesn't go to market. You, you, they're going to want to get overpaid, uh, so they should come down. But I just heard that um, that they, you know what they want and what uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and Disney want to pay is just way far apart right now, which is understandable. I do think they're going to probably, if they want to get to the money that they want, they're going to add a digital player. Amazon's probably the favorite at the moment, um, but then a fourth uh, network or or platform. I again, NBC, they're going to be, I think, disciplined, but uh, I think that's the one that in terms of, you know, adding the broadcast component is something that uh, nobody else can really bring besides ABC ESPN, who is expected to at least hold on to the finals every other year, if not every year. Uh, But NBC has that. uh, And then CBS and Fox have already said publicly they're out. And the only thing I'm going to add to that, because because I agree with everything that you said, uh, is don't sleep on Google YouTube. The Sunday ticket experience has been very positive for Google YouTube. They are taking a look at at other sports rights uh, that can fit with them, uh, and the NBA and the, the NBA is the biggest one uh, that 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 is coming up. I'm not suggesting that they're going to get it, but I think they're going to be more active than I've given them credit for uh, previously. Okay, let's move to our. Second to last topic, uh, before we get to the topic about John Orand, uh, a promotion at ESPN, uh, Chris LaPlaca retiring after 43 years as the head of ESPN's communications, uh, had a going away party uh, last week, and this week they named Josh Krulowitz, who's been there for I think three decades, as his uh, successor, uh, Krulowitz. Look, this is what they got right, Jimmy Pitaro and company. Uh, I think it's important that if you're ESPN, uh, that you have the DNA of your company, uh, that it remains. Yes, you want to think forward, um, which, you know, I think Krulowitz can do. But uh, I also think it's important that you have people who bleed the company because you just have too many mercenaries that are just come. It comes in. There's no emotion to it. And I just know um, just, you know, this happened a little before we uh, start taping. Just the reaction from some people I've heard from um, has been overwhelmingly positive. And if morale is important, uh, then this is a good hire, uh, a good promotion by ESPN. I think they did an exhaustive search. Um, and they talk to a lot of really high qualified people, uh, but they stay in-house and they promote Krulowitz. Yeah. And I, I think it's more than just the fact Josh has been around for a long time. So let's let, let's give it to, to Josh. I think that he's proved himself, you know, when when there have been, uh, you know, fires at ESPN that are blowing up, you know, he's he he's there to uh, to, to to work on those. Um, he has great relationships with the media. Uh, I think we're, we're both. I'm, I'm going to speak for you again. You're always speaking for me. Pod. No, I don't. Like right, I'm not speaking for you. I don't like Josh. I'm a big fan of his. I think he's great. <laughs> I, I don't know if you are or not, Andrew. But so, uh, Josh, you want to give out good stories? Come to me. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to do that. I told him congratulations. He's not a big fan. I told him congratulations. Now I plan on torturing you. Uh, that's <laughs> what I told him. Oh, that's so funny. I, I told him I uh, when I when I heard, I said. I want to say congratulations, but I also want to say condolences. This is a hard job, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard job, but uh, deserved and good for him. All right, let's go to our final topic. Uh, John Orand, big announcement this week. After 18 years of Sports Business Journal, leaving to go to the subscription uh, service, Puck, uh, which covers media, entertainment, and politics. And now they're going to add John uh, to cover sports business. 
John, first off, congratulations. Everyone is happy for you. And number two, get lost. It means get lost, Squidward. <laughs> Andrew, um, I'm I'm just I'm going to try to be as sincere as I can here, I, and uh, I'm going to hope that I don't get emotional on uh, on this. Uh, in fact, I I wrote something down. Uh, I asked Shannon Sharp to to read my notes for me. Um, Shannon, can you take this over, please? You fought for me, bro. Did I? I'm here because of you. You've allowed me to share the stage with you. You've allowed me to share the platform. I'm going to cry in the car, but I'm not going to cry now. The opportunity that you gave me to become what I became, I'm forever indebted to you. I'll never forget what you did for me. You've helped me grow more than you ever know. All I ask is when you lay your head on that pill at night, you know, I gave you everything I had. I gave you everything I had. There, that's exactly what I was looking for, Andrew. So, you know, th- thank you, Shannon. That's exactly my, my feelings. Exactly. Like you, you made me, man. You made me. Uh, in all seriousness, a lot of questions about the pod. Um, what's going to happen to it? We've been we've been doing the pod for uh, more than two years. Uh, every week, you know, when we started doing it, one of the first things uh, when Chris Shaw, the executive sports editor of the Post, he asked me about the idea of doing it podcast with John, you know, the first thing for me was, you know, I knew I was gonna be talking to this person, you know, all the time during the week. And so would I want to do that? And John's, you know, he's a great teammate, great guy. So that was a a plus for for me. And, you know, the reaction from people um, when this came out was both publicly and then a lot of text and and, uh, people DMing asking about what's the future of the podcast to be determined. Um, so on our side of things, you know, it's a relationship between the post and the sports business journal. Um, and you know, for my bosses, they didn't know about it till, you know, it was your news. Um, so they didn't know about it till, uh, um, it happened. So everything is kind of TBD and we're going to figure everything out, um, with the plan to continue in this space, uh, in the time being, and then we'll, we'll go from there. It's funny. Cause, uh, you know, I, I think back when uh, when Abe Matt, where my boss, came to me and was asked if I wanted to do the pod with you, and I said yes right away. And uh, there were total nerves because, like, you know, you you write for the New York Post, you know, like, you, you, I, I view the New York Post as throwing bombs all the time. I was like, boy, I don't know. And in fact, that, that was some of our jokes early on. You're like, you're going to ruin every source I ever had, which is uh, no, that, that's what I said to you. That was yeah, like, that's oh. what you said to me exactly, yeah. uh, which is not true. In the least, this pod has been fantastic. It's been, uh, it has been, I, I could legitimately say, this has been the most fun that I have had on a beat in, in my entire career. I've really enjoyed doing the pod and I, I hope there's something uh, down the road w- with it. But I do want to just ma- make a quick mention of, um, uh, I, I like I've started at SBJ in 2006. Uh, my first editor was, uh, was Abe Madcore. Um, and we talked multiple times a day he he, you know we talked about stories we talked about story ideas we talked about how to craft stories uh and he was my line editor for about the first six or seven years uh through this and then i went to david Bourne, another editor who, who i just love and it's a uh, you know when when you have been at a place uh for 18 years like i have it is incredibly difficult to leave uh, you have deep relationships uh, you have lifelong friends uh, too many to name. I don't want to start naming some like Terry Lefton and Michael Smith and uh, 
and and others now you uh, name them this is like this is classic warren on the pod it's like i don't want to name people then you name people now you left out about five people Great yeah, job. Tri- well trip mickle used to be there john lombard a ton of people and um uh but uh really trip too- mickle's book or no we're not gonna do that oh uh, by the way I, I think it's on the discount shelves now okay. the, the, the book <laughs> good uh but it's incredibly difficult to leave it, it really is and so uh i i have been a fan of pucks for the two years that they, they, they've been around matt, matt bellany writes a newsletter that i just think is like a, a, i don't care about hollywood movies and i i read it uh every week i really am excited to get there and work with those uh, those people but leaving leaving sbj is is hard and i have a, i have a billion conflicting emotions uh sort of going through uh this whole thing i, I love sbj i bleed sbj and i'm i'm uh will always be a fan all right well we're happy for you um but good news there's one more marshan and oran sports media pod for this year all right we'll get one more i mean i sent john i didn't publicly do this but i did send john a picture of the pod emblem and i like scratched out his name uh and his uh and his picture so maybe we talk about this i i okayed that i thought it was funny it was your wife i know i think my common sense mrs clicker mrs clicker helping us out yeah she said nah you know my people might misconstrue it uh but but uh we we do plan on going forward and we'll see how everything uh works out but uh but thank you everyone for listening you know and also very important AC Wyatt, Chris Mason, they're like, you know, in the trenches every week with us, um, you know, putting everything together and dealing with us. John's consistently late to the podcast. Um, <laughs> Can I tell you I, all of the messages I got? I got at least uh, at least five that said, how did the master of the board take it? glass case of emotion that's nice so well we'll find out um we're all happy for you so anyways we'll see you next week and uh i guess does it matter if they no yeah it does for me because you know we're gonna keep going yeah, keep on by the keep way going. that's why i'm leaving nobody was nobody's been writing and uh, ranking or reviewing and, and forever come on guys yeah eddie q's probably taking care of that using his power <laughs> uh, not so always so positive thanks everybody thanks for listening We yeah. wouldn't expect anything less for you to uh, not be able to jump on the Zoom correctly. So we appreciate it. <laughs> uh, well, that is I true. believe you just got some AC Wyatt shade there. Yeah, exactly. Is John's head cut off or is this on mine? No, my head's cut off. Maybe it might cut you off completely. Too soon, guys. Too soon. Oh, no. Chris Mason's going to make me look bad. After I say, how are you? We're going to then we'll do who's up, who's down. So why don't you say, let's get to it. Who's up, who's down. So I came in, introed, asked you how you're doing, went down the topics. Then you say, who's up, who's down. Okay. We have this, we have this podcast down. (laughs) How long have we been doing this? When you were like anything new and I was like, nah, nothing's new. Let's just get to who's up, who's down. And that's when you were like, well, we are going to talk about this later. Listen, you have no say on this podcast anymore. (laughs) (laughs) John, um, I was just wondering. So you had 18 years here at SBJ. So your career at SBJ was uh, old enough to vote and you elected to leave. So that's awesome. I like that. I like that. Although to, to, to be fair, it's 17 like and like eight months. That's no, we're going to say 18. So. We're right, going to say 18. 18.